When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. everyone. I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps. And today with me, I have Brandon Thomas from the Expanding Reality Podcast. And I know that he's been through a variety of speed bumps. He used to be in a band. He went overseas. He you know, left a corporate job and so many speed bumps. I don't know what he's going to talk about today, but I'm super, super excited. So thank you, Brandon, for coming on. Can me, Ellie? This is amazing. Thank you so much. This is a, a, incredible. I adore you. Love your show. This is wonderful. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So I have to start off with the honorary question of please tell me two things that you love about yourself. Ooh, um, I would say my um, curiosity for sure and my heart. Uh, those are the two things. So yeah, I've got a curious heart and uh, it takes me all over the place and, and allows me to have some incredible conversations. Uh, and it's just been awesome. So yeah, there you go. What's the current curiosity that you're digging into? What the hell's going on here? Honestly, what um, what my impact on – so uh, I've been going in, uh, real within, like real within, uh, really deep. And it uh, just keeps getting deeper and deeper, which is really interesting. And so I've really uh, kind of detached from the outside world temporarily, not wholly, but um, definitely energetically for now. And it, it's very interesting that right now – what I'm very curious about is just like, uh, I, of course, what's going on here, but I don't, I don't know necessarily if we're ever going to find that out. And, and I think that that's probably part of part of this place anyway. But, you know, I'm I'm really curious though about like the depths of me. You know, what can I change about me that will make me who I need to be to be the best version of myself for the people that I am here to serve, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you're you're you know we're all a work in progress. And whenever I see things in my world that I'm not happy about that are pretty disorganized or things like that, and it's not due to disorganization, I'm a Virgo. So it's, it's, you know, but I, I could always do better. Right. But it's, um, it's one of these things where I'll just start to notice some inconsistencies and in energetics around me. And I'll, and I've just been very tuned to this lately, uh, especially over the past couple of years. Um, and it, it just feels like I can tell when things are, teaching me something you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it, uh, it sucks but also it sucks in a different way you know it's just like okay it sucks but you know i've experienced this exact scenario before but just with a different face and it it had the same energy to it so let's just handle this or approach it differently and it'll just you know go away or maybe when it greets us it'll greet us with different energy and a different face next time you know something like that and yeah. so really i've been looking at all of these little you know air quotes triggers you know like super bent out of shape and stuff like that i've always been a pretty easy and going guy but it, um, it's really, like I said, just been a curiosity of self lately. It's just what can you do, you know, what belief patterns that you have. I have this 
whole Thought Ninja concept that I came up with. T-shirts coming out soon. Uh, and it's this really cool um, little concept that we can go into it if you'd like. Um, yeah. And it, it's really uh, shifted me to like this next level. So I guess, I mean, uh, I don't know, because I, I could just launch off on this. I don't I just want to take over. If you had any more like introductory questions, uh, you can find me at expandingrealitypodcast.com, you know, and all that good stuff. And um, I, I don't know, I mean, because like I said, I could really go on this thing. Yeah, I mean, so I usually have people plug at the end, but if you want to plug at the beginning and the end, I'm totally cool with that, too. Um, yeah, like I said, the conversation just goes where it goes. The only scripted thing in my show is that first question I ask. Everything else is completely organic, and, you know, I've we go down random rabbit holes sometimes, and it's great. All right, absolutely. I love this. Um, so, I mean, as far as speed bumps go, it's been an interesting ride. I mean, I won't take you all, all the way back. Right. But it's been, I mean, you know, through, uh, mom having, you know, at 17, uh, having her birthday cake and her water breaking, you know, with me or whatever. <laughs> and I'm born. So her birthday is the day before mine and it's great. You know, she's September 17th. I'm the 18th. That's awesome. And so my dad's uh, the 16th. Are you kidding me? My mother-in-law's the 16th. This That's is funny. Crazy. You that know is like wild. How many people are born in September, right? It's the most. It's everybody's born in September. It's the most um, populated month. Well, yeah, because it's like Christmas, New Year's, and everyone's cold. Thanksgiving, yeah, Christmas, I, New Year's—that time frame. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You know the least uh, populated month. Isn't it February? Yeah. Very good. You're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so anyway, uh, so young mom. Um, you know, uh, young kids didn't work out. Uh, new dad, all that good stuff. Um, really interesting childhood. Grew up, um, you know, the middle of uh, five boys technically, but it was kind of a his, mine, and, yours, mine, and ours situation where there were step kids and then they got together and had one. And so there were five boys total in our family, whatever. So we had an awesome, you know, kind of interesting childhood growing up and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, little things along the way. Grew up in a little big scarcity mindset, you know, and that's a big speed bump that I, you know, still am currently managing. And, so um, it's very interesting that, you know, even something I can trace back to that and we all can uh, is still something. And so I'm reinterpreting memories. This is actually part of the self-evaluation thing. I'm reinterpreting memories to where it felt, to where that scarcity impact still kind of, that's where I kind of instilled tethered to it. You know, I'm like, hey, where are you? And I'm like, oh, and you can locate it back at a few memories in your childhood and you, you know, kind of bring them to your now and reinterpret them from your current understanding and awareness. And then basically you heal your past self in that way. And so you kind of time travel really there's a quantum physics explanation for this like you can look at this at you know you're a scientist spooky action at a distance if you think about it time doesn't exist right only from our perspective and relevance and only necessary because you need time to have change occur which is perhaps what we're here to learn you know and so you know duration or whatever and so if you think about it if we're quantum entangled to our past selves which of course we are i mean even uh, on a dna level and not not to mention everyone here because perhaps you're all that's here right but let, let's say you're just for simplicity's sake here your your past self and you just kind of pluck those memories out as they come by and uh you just reinterpret them from now and basically you're your spirit guide you know it's kind of where i get to this you know when you get on this self-exploration thing like no one's coming to save you don't yep. let that freak you out. Let that empower you. It's going to scare the, the shit out of you for a little bit, but it'll be okay. Uh, and so basically I've been doing a lot of that lately. And so, again, a lot of scarcity stuff going on. And now the real change and the real shift for me happened when I was uh, 18, uh, 2001. And this was when uh, my family uh, had the year before moved from the town we grew up in down to Houston. And that was a huge move for us. It was like 60 kids my graduating class was going to be. And then it was like something like a thousand or almost 1100 something where we moved. So it was a huge culture shock for all of us. Right. And uh, one of my parents didn't take it well. And, you know, I'm not here to throw anybody under the bus, but this was a speed bump. So we'll talk about it now. I will say before any of this stuff, 
we're very healed now. Uh, we have wonderful conversations. Actually, we're just up here this weekend for like a whole week, uh, and it was incredible, you know. Um, so going into when we made that move, one of my parents just, like I said, did not take it well. And there was three boys that were living in the house. There was myself and my two younger brothers. And so I was the oldest, right? That's how it was for the most time growing up. Yeah, we were in a house with five boys, uh, five brothers, but two of them, you know, didn't live with us all the time. So when we moved to Houston, this is how it was. Uh, then being the oldest, uh, there's a certain kind of, you know, responsibility. You have siblings? I do have a younger sister. Yeah. So how you, you feel like this kind of, you know, like you're their protector, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's your baby, you know, it's your baby sister, your, your sibling, right? I had two baby brothers. And so uh, one is very close with, and uh, the others just, uh, I mean, they're, they're incredible anyway. So I didn't want to see him hurt there, you know, this resulted uh, from this parent in something that, you know, lashed out. Now I'm, I'm not a saint here at all. Like I was a little shit. Um, I was a handful uh, I think I'm very lucky to be alive. I know I am actually. I, I know that's why I've got some shit to do here. I should have died so many times and in the dumbest, dumbest fucking ways. And um, some of them pretty gnarly, actually. I wouldn't mind have died that way because it was really cool. cool <laughs> motorcycle and all kinds of shit. Anyway, so I just had a real tough uh, transition with that. Now, that elevated to, um, you know, those I guess, energies um, at that time and in that space and, you know, the perfect, you know, uh, combination of chemistry and, you know, what happens and it was just, uh, it didn't mix well. And so there was uh, steam that needed to be let off by the parent, wasn't sure how to do it, you know, um, never got like uh, into alcohol and stuff like that, but it did get physical. And so it changed me, you know, when your parent gets physical with you in a way that, you know, it's not a wooden spoon anymore and it's not a, um, you know, it's not a some on the bottom, you know, where you're wearing a diaper or something, yeah, yeah. you know, so it just changes you and changes your perception, changes the relationship. But uh, I got like that. It was like that for a pretty good amount of time. And so it ended um, in, you know, two days after graduation, I, uh, we had kind of an incident that occurred and I never hit back, ever hit back. I just said, okay, this is it. And I also did it because I knew that it was deflecting from the brothers again. Right. You know, it's kind of this thing, but anyway, um, so yeah, two days after graduation, event happened. Um, ended up um, saying that was it, and got my, you know, got my diploma or whatever, and uh, threw two bags of clothes and whatever I couldn't uh, worth a shit my guitar, and then left, and that was it on foot. And I was out, and I moved around, and that was crazy, and did all kinds of stuff. I mean, drugs uh, was all over the place. No needle drugs. That was always my rule, and I stuck to it, pun intended. And, um, yeah, so it, it was a while. I mean, it's been a a damn wild ride. And so, like I said, though, we're totally healed now as a family. We, you know, I didn't speak to anyone in the family for about six years, you know, maybe popping in and out every now and then, but nothing, nothing serious. And it was always really fucking awkward and nobody wanted me there kind of thing. You know, they just wanted it to be like I was, we were kids again and it's just, you know, the new normal or whatever. Anyway, so, yeah, that's kind of where we were with that. But um, like I said, everybody's doing great now, and everything's awesome. And it was an incredibly pivotal moment in my life, and it changed me so damn much. And I'm honestly, when you get past those speed bumps, uh, you know, in the moment, of course, and in the years that it occurs, it's very challenging. And emotionally, you know, you're being ripped apart all the time, and they are too, and you know that too. And it's family. It's like a civil war. You know, nobody wins in that kind of shit. And so... um, it's just real heavy. But again, with that heaviness comes, you know, this enlightenment. And that's, that's, I really attribute it to one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And that's really how I see it now. So that was the first probably big speed bump. 
but uh yeah any anything yet well yeah no so i love the way you basically described shadow work working through childhood trauma um this idea of reinterpreting past memories i've never quite heard it described that way and Obviously, as we get older, we learn more lessons and we can maybe understand where our parents were at the time because now we're adults and things like that. We can empathize. Whereas with kids, maybe we didn't understand. We just thought mom and dad were in a bad mood and they were being mean. But we now realize, hey, they were really stressed out about bills. Not that it excuses it, but we can understand and relate. And so this reinterpreting of memories, I really, really like this idea. Yeah, this is um. So a buddy of mine who you've got to have on, Pat Mahan. Have you ever heard of him or heard of his show, mm-hmm. Like It Tracks Like? Oh my god, girl! Everybody out now, right now. Uh, if you're driving, just listen to this later or whatever. But uh, Pat Mahan, Like Attracts Like podcast, absolutely incredible. Uh, it's on Instagram. Actually, I will connect you to on Instagram. So okay. uh, just look, look him up, and I'll connect you to. But anyway, um, that's his like thing. You know, that's one of his deals is this ancestor trauma, and we talk a lot about it. And whenever. You know, because a lot of the the stuff I talk about on the show, you know, it started as just a little UFO podcast and stuff. But man, that's why I wanted it. That's why I knew that it had to be named something like, not like this is what UFOs are, right? You know, because yeah. number one, I don't know. Number two, it's way too limiting, especially for me. Uh, and so I, you know, went through this and it had to be this so that it could be this broad so that we could talk about these things. And through that, you know, I've really been questioning reality a lot, like a whole lot, actually. That's That's what consumed uh consumes a great deal of my uh attention actually and it's um it's just because of that though you can kind of look at and apply different concepts like the quantum physics concept of you know non-locality and then um spooky action at at a distance as einstein called it or quantum entanglement and so if you look at it that way and you're just sitting here thinking okay well that that affects things and so you could you've got a negative spin coming from that electron in your past and you're the positive spin now so perhaps you swap them out. Now, what's interesting about this is, yes, you reverse the polarity, which means ideologically, right, uh, or in theory, that it never happened, right? So basically, it's it's a memory that you have that didn't occur in, in the same energetic way, meaning that you didn't take the same energies from it because you're healing it. You know, it's all theoretical. You can't – we're not, you know, um, writing a textbook here or anything like that. But the idea goes that if that's what it is, that's how I applied it to ancestor trauma. And, you know, one of those things about ancestor trauma, it's kind of this interesting, you know, we're all kind of uh, dropped or plopped into the same arena or environment. Now, we can talk about the shape of this place, what this reality is, simulated, all that good stuff. I love those conversations, too, because I have no idea on any of it. And I'll talk about all of it. Uh, but I, um, you know, we're all plopped into that. And so you, the system, I, I kind of really, and this is just kind of dipping into this real quick, but it's it's necessary for what I kind of the point I want to make here. I kind of look at this place as just an energetic system with a bunch of employees here, lizard turds as we call them, right? Uh, and it's like a Hogwarts. It's like a school. It facilitates um, it, the expansion of consciousness, right? And this is just how I see it. This is my favorite way to see it. I see it a lot of ways. But one of the ways, that when, when applied through this, I can just see it so differently and calmly. And, and I can I can look at it from a vantage point that before it was just hectic and chaotic and, and had no structure. But when you look at it energetically, you're just like, oh, now things tend to make a little bit more sense. And if your energy is what's being focused, then oh, then just don't pay attention to that and shift and, you know, all of those type, type of deals. But if whenever you apply this again to ancestor trauma, it seems that 
everybody's been put through the ringer. Everybody made the same choices. You know, if history is true and we're not in a simulation anyway, it just you're told that all of your ancestors did, did this. And so you're like, okay, and you take that on. And so now you wear that backpack and it's heavy as hell because a bunch of people have been adding to it over the generations, right? And so basically, you know, the way that I look at shadow work is this meme that I saw a long time ago. And it was that um, it happened in my family until it happened to me. And I just like sat with that for a minute and I, and you know, I quit uh, drinking a year and a half ago and there's a really bad lineage of alcoholism allegedly in my family. And I saw it with uh, my brothers and things like that. And I just stopped like uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, you know, just arbitrarily. I drank every single day for 20 years. It wasn't like a, uh, I wasn't a drunk or anything like that, but I drank, you know, a couple beers, something like that uh, every day. And so uh, to stop that was one of those things. And I did that in, um, damn near right after I saw that meme for the first time. I was like, oh, wow. And I started applying it to things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have to carry that for them anymore. You know, I can actually heal it here and then it'll stop here, you know, and then we're not tossing that onto the next generation and adding it to their backpack. Which And so that's this is what this it, this is why it gets unsustainable is because what they're adding is emotions and, and things that they put off to make their life easier. But you know, it makes that pack heavier as the line goes. So each generation has a tougher time managing with identifying who they are. And really, I think that that's kind of what you're here to do, right? And so if you look at it that way, they get further and further and further away from who they are, as we as a society get further and further and further away from nature and, and the technology and less homeopathic uh, experiences. And so you get this lack of authenticity. And I think, you know, we're the generation to where it switches. It you know, it happened in our families until it happened to us. Yeah. And so now we're the people that are changing it. And it just feels cool. And like I said, I'm just doing this um, as an exercise. It feels great. It's very, very tough. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I get through pretty extremely high highs, of course. But, man, the lows have been really challenging lately, just to be honest. The speed bumps have been uh, – <laughs> the speed bumps have had some altitude to them lately, you know, and some incline. And – They've, you know, been slippery and the weather sucks getting up them. And so, but there's always another side to those, you know, I mean, yeah. this too shall pass, you know, every time. And so again, you know, it's part of this process and it's been elevating. So I don't know. I mean, you, you kind of get to a point I've been exhausted. Like this last year has been, uh, I'm exhausted. Like I, I would like to just kind of get to a point where I just stop manifesting lessons for a little while and just take a break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can we just, you know. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now, to be honest with you. But it's all, but I've, it's been so much. It's been so heavy, but I've changed so much, and all for the better. Like I'm grateful for it every single time. But it's like, man, I'm exhausted. You know. Yeah. I guess for you, for you gals, it's like multiple orgasms. I guess, but um, <laughs> you just get tired after a while, right? You know. But think of that as like lessons. You know what I'm saying? Like things you didn't yeah. necessarily care for, but that are beneficial. Like you have a shitload of them. Eventually, I bet it would get old. You know what I mean? Even yeah. Good yeah. I feel like it's one of those you can't have, you, you can't enjoy the good times without knowing the bad. You know, you can't enjoy a really good meal without having a few shitty ones. Uh, it, I feel like it's kind of like that. And you don't realize how high your highs can be without having some lows and the lows can suck. And to your point, you know, sometimes they feel like they're deep and they're dark and they go on forever and you're clawing your way out. But to your point too, there's always another side and in society, I feel like it's very much this instant gratification. 
of I can pop a pill, I can do some drugs, I can take some alcohol, I can scroll on Instagram, I can do whatever, and it's going to make everything better, or I can escape for a little bit. And that's, it only keeps you in that low longer. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it more challenging because really what that feeling was, was an opportunity. It was a cry for help from your higher self saying, hey, uh, how you doing? Uh, we have a lot of work to do here, and we'd like to get to that work. And you can be living an incredible life in this authentic way, and it's amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. You're going to shed th- some things along the way, but you're going to look back and go, man, what was I doing carrying that shit around anyway? I didn't even want that. Yeah. And it's going to be so much better, but, you know, there's always an asterisk next to that. And it's it's heavy, you know, but it's so worth it. You know, I, I kind of uh, have pictured this as like, if you think of um, a point of society kind of going on an even keel, you know, but actually, you know, it's really extreme chaotic swings and stuff like that. It feels like the expansion of consciousness that we're on, if you can kind of think of this as coming straight at you, let's say, like our energy is coming straight at another expression of us that's viewing the way that this ex- manifests in our reality, okay? And let's say society is barreling forward in this turbulent way, but it's got a field, you know, it's got a, it's got a ring in which it stays, an orbit, and you'll see us pinging out and then coming back into it and going real low. And it's more of a spiral action that we're occurring as society moves with it. And it feels like that dip, you know, or these lows where you get on the underbelly of society and you can kind of look up at what's going on on the underside of this imaginary tube that we've created that society's kind of bound to in this time. And it's dark, man. It sucks. And you see it all, you know, um, and you do your best not to be negatively affected by it because, of course, you're not contributing to it. Of course, you're not a pacifist and you're doing what you can and tending your own garden in the ways that you can. But, man, those choices that those people make are are really challenging for us as people who give a shit, uh, you know, can stomach. You know, it's, it's hard for us to see people want to live like that and choose those things. And then you get on the other side where you see the high, high of it. You're God, I see only potential and opportunity. And oh my God, I'm surrounded with the most amazing people. And this is the time right now. Oh my God, everything. You know, I got a few astrologer friends. One can send you more who also you've got to have on the show. I'll connect you. Uh, And she's just a delight. And she knows so much. And there's so many amazing astrological things going on right now. And you got that high of it. You know, but even then that, oh, watch out. You know, Uranus is coming back around. You got Mercury retrograde. There's always like this, you know, balance of energies to all of it. But it feels like it's so swingy, like it does more than usual right now. Have you felt that as well? Well, and I do. And, you know, we hear all these crazy things that happen in the news of just the stuff that you would never think. There's this I don't can't pronounce the name, like this new fashion thing apparently had a weird photo shoot with some kids in like BDSM gear and shit. And. I feel like because we're so connected nowadays, it makes me wonder, were they always this crazy? Was the world always this crazy? Or are we just noticing it more because we're more connected? Like, if the internet didn't happen, you know, and it was, let's call it the early 90s, would we know that this happened? Would there be this much outrage? Would it, like, would we know about the protests in China? Like, I don't know. And I feel like as humans, we're not meant to care for everyone. We're not meant, you know, there's a disaster and I'm going to make up places or, you know, Venezuela and Haiti and China and all this other stuff. But we also have to care about our family and our neighborhood and our state and this. And we're not meant to do that. We're, we're not. 
and that's why that's why it's been successful. Now, do you want to do the tinfoil hat part of this and just really kind of go for it on this? Because I've got an awesome metaphor for energetically why I think – I've just been playing with the idea for a few months, and, and it's been fun. Uh, why I think you know the energies have been so um, – you know, going so uh, crazy and interesting. Um, so again, I look at a wide scope of things with my show, yeah. the UFO phenomena, reality, all that stuff. You're familiar. And um, one of the things I've really been uh, looking at like – lately is timelines and this idea of again if there's a multi the multiverse type of an idea mm -hmm. it's sort of a dimensional one to where in these multiverses there are an array of the options that we still have here where physics works the same where or maybe slightly different but mostly the same where the weather's a little bit different but those are on the extreme ends of the options for timelines now Let's singular point this to you, just because, again, just for the simplicity of the analogy, but know that this is scalable to any mm -hmm. anything, any atom, actually. And so if you think of you on your timeline and you have an option of energies. Now, also, this kind of uh, ties into the duality that we have observed in our universe. It just seems that duality energetically kind of pervades here. You got the hot cold, dark light, all of these things, right? And those are options energetically for all of us, okay? This is what we talk about about the chakras, the low vibe, the high vibe, all that. Now, let's say that in the dualistic universe, what we experience here, perhaps the option is, and there's just an idea I'm kicking around, uh, that maybe our job here is to find balance, you know, this middle path idea, like this, this idea of just staying even keel. And what you do is you experience a lot of the dips and swings. You get the high highs like we're talking about, and let's picture that to our right. Okay, our highs are to our right. The lows are to our left, so port side. And they go as dark as you can get. That color palette goes to extremely dark. And then on the right side of you goes to all the way to God, right? I mean, and they're both God, right? Because it's all the same thing. It all is the same thing. So if you picture this as we move forward in this timeline, perhaps there's a bottleneck ahead. And basically all of the timelines are converging and splintering into one and balancing into one harmonious timeline, okay? But it does so at the actual manifestation of those energies in our timeline here. So think about this. Let's say that in one universe, UFOs are absolutely known in common. Like everybody knows them. Aliens walk around on the street like you see in the movies and stuff like that. Now we're seeing a lot more UFO cases and a lot more sightings. Again, could be the connectivity, and I want to still say something to that in a minute. But it also could be that perhaps our universes have combined. And the one that where they were super common, and maybe they're traveling in and out, maybe there's a little resistance, a little static, and then they kind of whip back out. But the veil between these options and timelines, meaning these choices in energy as we go left and right on the scale, then perhaps those are all blurring and canceling each other out to where there's one point, but they're all merging together. And so, you know, again, there's things have been nuts. Things have been nuts for us personally lately. The energy is for each of us as individuals. We've never faced heavier things. And, you know, I don't uh, watch the news, so I'm not necessarily affected. I'm not at all energetically affected negatively at all by any of it, but I, I don't watch it constantly so that it, it gives them the option of my attention because I think attention's your currency here. I think that's how you, that's how you uh, transpire everything. Every transaction is made through your attention. And so they just don't get any of mine. And so, but whenever I look at things like, again, these energies here and crazy stuff going on and everyone ramping up, then it seems, again, we're all experiencing crazy shit right now. Now, whether you're aware of it and you're kind of spiritually awakened or at least asking questions or not, it seems that you are being affected by something going on energetically all around us. The crazy weather stuff, the sun's been doing weird stuff, physical things in our reality are not normal. 
And, you know, a lot of different ideas and theories, of course, who knows on any of it, but all of us are going through this and you can picture, you know, the people who don't ask these questions, who just want to watch the real housewives of whatever and watch football and stuff like that, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's an option here. You guys go for it if you want. But those people are going through it too. And it's almost like a bunch of people, you know, got slipped acid in their sandwich or something like that. And they, you know, have no idea what's going on and they've never tripped before. And they're kind of freaking out and they don't know what to do. And the system's crumbling around them. So just like in a trip, your reality is dissolving and the stable things in your reality that you could lean on and rely on are failing miserably. And they're being actually found out to be pedophilia rings. And you're like, shit, what do I do now? And so there's a lot of this with the, you know, a lot of people that are experiencing this time right now. Again, if you've been asking questions up to this point, it may be a little bit easier. Um, I have found it at least that I'm, I feel better prepared for what's going on, you know, just simply because I kind of look at things a little bit differently and it, but it's been heavy, you know I mean? It's absolutely heavy because again, we, we love all these people too. You know, none of my family asks the type of questions I ask. So it, it's just an interesting energetic dynamic that we're all experiencing right now, you know, cause they're freaking out. They don't know what the hell's going on. You want to patiently with love and, and grace and patience, talk to them about perhaps some options of maybe, some perspectives to entertain and having none of it and getting very upset, you know, things like it's just, it's challenging because we just want to help, you know? No, I uh, do. And I I wanted to go back to this theory of the bottleneck for a second mm -hmm. because you explained, you know, how these all potential timelines could be merging. And that's why we're seeing these seemingly big swings and things like that. So what is the, what is this bottleneck and what is the purpose of this bottleneck? Do you know? I don't, but the idea goes, uh, you know, the ideas kicked around are cycles, right? I mean, this place is probably cyclical, whatever it is. There's a clock in our sky, and people have noticed that every about eight years, some things, re you know, uh, chain, uh, repeat in our political system. Uh, mm -hmm. About every 50 years, some things repeat in our societies. Um, there's another, I want to say 160, 142 one, and then something to do with uh, 300... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do this breakdown right, but there are many, many, many cycles within yep. our system. And then especially the granddaddy of all, the uh, procession of the equinoxes that we know about. There may be even grander ones than that. And so it seems that these things uh, come back around. So it feels, though, on this one that it feels like an energetic switch from an age. You know, and we're talking about this Pisces to Aquarius stuff. And so astrologically, all of it checks out. With Pluto's return, I mean, that's very destabilizing. Last time that happened, I believe the French Revolution occurred, and that's happening now. And so it's it's this really interesting time period just energetically that we're in cyclically, you know, just physiologically. And so then you ask the question, of course, to yourself here, that's why I'm here. Like, that's got to be it, right? It's because everything's kicking off right now. Maybe that's the reason all the UFOs are showing up, you know, because this is the show. And there's these plasma apocalypse type events that have occurred uh, you know, the Hopi mapped this, a lot of ancient cultures mapped this, Mesoamerican, uh, the Egyptians all over the world. And there's these things called like the plasma man. And it's basically like a figure, but it was something seen in the sky in the Southern hemisphere is where somebody identified it to be. And it's basically like this event. And it marks this cycle that basically the earth gets destroyed. And you talk about deluges. I mean, you've got Noah's flood, you've got the tablets of Gilgamesh, you've got many ancient cultures that talk about this place getting thrown absolutely tits up. You look at uh, Graham Hancock's work, um, and then, of course, uh, 
uh, Randall Carlson. I mean, his work with the Scablands and things like that, with how geology changed at the end of this Younger Dryas period. This also explains a lot of the stuff that happened in Egypt, but these things are cyclical. You can basically, and even the Hopi, they have uh, four different worlds that we've lived in. One was destroyed by water, one by fire, one by, you know, earth, like an earthquake or something like that. Uh, and so you can see these cycles occur. Now, I have fun with the ideas as far as why that occurs. I mean, maybe it's some sort of speed dating thing with Gaia, you know, kind of a thing. Like maybe you get a certain amount of time here and then the ground sinks below your feet and everything you worked for and all of you die. And, you know, maybe that's it. But you had a good time. You know, maybe it's like you rented this place. Maybe in another dimension, you basically rent Earth or the Earth reality for a certain amount of time, like at a kid's party, like where you'd rent a skating rink for a little while or something. And basically all of humanity or this consciousness gets to come in here and experience what it's like to be in terra firma and have an alien pop in every now and then and have nukes invented and, you know, have crazy stuff go on, but also waterfalls and butterflies and shit too. It's pretty cool. And, you know, maybe that's what it is. It, you, you don't know. Uh, you, you really don't. And the mind goes nuts wondering about it. They do. And you also had mentioned this potential UFO connection that you wanted to come back to. And this collective consciousness, when you were talking about, um, like, the bottlenecks and things like that, you briefly mentioned UFOs. And you're like, I'm going to come back to that. I want you to go back to that, please. Okay. It seems that, um, you know, like UFOs in general are a huge mystery. Like the subjectivity of the UFO phenomena through the contactee experience is remarkable. Uh, you know, there's some sort of elements, sort of like the near-death experiences that are kind of similar. And you can go, yeah, yeah, okay, I got that tunnel of light, you know, loved one, whatever. But so many of the experiences are so subjective, actually 100% of them. And so it really calls into question what the phenomena is. And I mean, this is something I, I you know, talk about constantly. I have amazing people on all the time. I've got an episode with uh, Preston Dennett coming out recently and or coming out soon. Uh, and it is amazing. This dude's incredible research where we talk about all these healing UFO cases. And uh, it's, it's just amazing to me when you start really looking at it. And if you're not somebody that just goes, oh, UFO, that's in the movies and stupid bye. When you really talk to the people that have had these experiences, it's something happened. Just like someone, you take it as seriously and, and honestly in the same category as a near-death experience. You can see someone died. There are a bunch of witnesses. There are doctors that saw it. There are tons of reports. I mean, books, volumes of books full of these where people have floated above, confirmed by everyone that this man was in the room. This person had this pen that fell out of their pocket. It rolled across the floor over there. This nurse picked it up, and there she is wearing the same shoes. And she was dead, clinically dead, during that entire time. It, it's... But also you have the UFO phenomena that shows up in the same manner. It's you have something that can occur that validates where another witness will see the same UFO or it'll be caught on radar or something like that. But really, it's not necessarily about the craft. It's 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 about the occupants because we don't know what the craft are. The craft could be us. You know, it could be uh, Americans. It could be a really cool breakaway civilization that just runs around. Maybe there's a bunch of extra land here that we don't know about. And it's very, they just live right over there, you know, across that icy place that they say you can't go. And all the countries have decided you can't go there. Don't go there. So one thing we can all agree on. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Agree on anything else, but no, 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 no. Uh, anyway, so you don't know, but I think how the UFO plays in uh, phenomena plays into what's going on now. Um, I mean, you, You'd have to ask, like, what are we? Like, what is this place? Like, what's going on here? And if you get to a point where you're like, maybe 
it's just a show. Maybe it's just a ride. Maybe this is just an experience like Westworld or something, and you come in and play a role. And the roles of both are facilitated by actors, and you are the actors, and this is just, right, all the world's a stage. And another great reference from Pat Mahan, he talks about the energies here as far as, like, that the if you look at this place that way, like a play, uh, then, you know, the heroes and the villains go out at the end and bow together. They were both necessary for the experience. So if you look at this as an energetic school or something like that, then, you know, Klaus Schwab over there trying to shove vaccines down your throat and take over everything. You own nothing and love it. That's, you know, your Hogwarts professor guy. Uh, that's somebody here to teach you that if you don't choose, if you want to choose that route, it's an option for you. But for your children, for your future, for yourself, uh, you know, um, maybe there's a different alternative. And perhaps that that's something that plopped up in reality that steers you a different way. And, you know, it's just... I look at it as a veering of consciousness. I look at that as a real sweeping of the back edge of things to get us moving. Like, okay, let's move. Now, as far as the people who have been, of course, you know, obviously died from this and been negatively affected by this, this is tough. You know, this is a sensitive conversation to have because it's not for everyone. And this is why my, you know, show is in the category of philosophy. I don't know what's going on here. Well, I just talk about the ideas, but I do follow the ideas. Even with the idea of unity consciousness, Hitler went to heaven. It's a tough, you know, kind of sell, but there's no hell, right? Why would you punish yourself for all eternity for giving yourself free will and using it? it it's a, in my mind, that element of that religious text or anyone that tells you that is a means of control in this place. And I've spotted it. I've unsubscribe to that. Uh, I no longer get that newsletter and I just moved on, you know, but you know, there, there's an emotional intelligence that gets to a conversation like this. And I want to thank you um, for having a platform and having that emotional intelligence to be able to have these types of ideas presented on your platform because they're not again for everyone. This gets, you know, some pretty deep and some pretty harsh uh, shit. And it's pretty tricky to look at, especially the NPC conversation, the non-player character conversation. Yeah. And I mean, I've always said, I'll talk with anyone about anything. You know, I may have my own opinions, but I'm not here to judge you. I'm not, I, I may agree with you. I may disagree with you. And um, I've had people on that I don't fully agree with everything that they say, but I still talk with them and we can have a civilized conversation. And I feel like that's severely lacking in society nowadays is this ability to have this civilized conversation and that doesn't mean we have to agree on everything doesn't even mean that we can't get heated about it but having this common respect for each other is just it's part of the reason i started this podcast one to you know give people the opportunity to share their speed bumps and hope that others will hear it and they can connect and not feel so alone but also to have these conversations that a lot of us kind of have one-on-one -on -one or we almost have in secret because we're afraid of what other people might think. You, you, you've nailed it with this. This is uh, the entire philosophy around my show as well. There's no ego in this for me. I am uh, here to have the conversations and to follow the ideas where they go. And I would be doing a real shit job for that idea, which would be, you know, actually breaking a promise to myself for my own curiosity to find out where those ideas lead. And I don't break promises to myself. And so I follow those. And so it only made sense to me to give people a voice and to let them actually say what they saw. I mean, it's not up to me to be the person who determines if it's true or not. You know, you exactly the news, the news puts it out like, hey, here's what's going on. And there's a I find that that can be challenging because now 
you've declared something. And my job is not that. I don't feel that that is why I'm here. That's not my role. My role is to give people back to themselves and to encourage people to ask questions. That's how you do that. And so when you get to these insanely amazing and interesting ideas and fun, you know, and if you, even if you want to view it as science fiction, that's fine. But if you apply it to the filter, perhaps that's what's going on or maybe then you you kind of at some of these bits of the conversation reach these choice points to where you're like, huh, uh, well, uh, that feels really good and really right, but it violates all of my paradigm and my beliefs. And you're like, hmm. And so then you either snuff that way down, which is what a lot of people do, or you yep. just cognitive dissonance and just ping, I'm rubber, your new, eye, you, your new eyes are um, not going to stick to me and all that good stuff. And so it, it's a... Um, it's an interesting process with that, but uh, I, again, find that if you uh, – like, I, I don't know what's going on here. So I, I wouldn't attempt to sit here and say, you know, I know what's going on and that you're wrong for saying what you're saying because it's different than what I think. It, it's silly. You know, and so many guests have been so sweet about just thank you for letting me, you know, tell my story. Thank you for listening to me. And it's it's wild, and it – it's it's interesting. I don't know. You kind of sit there and go, man, and, and you hear about it, you know, and I'm not trashing anybody else. You've run your show how you want, but I don't run a show to where I just bash the guests. Like, I, I hear some horror stories from guests, too, that come on and they kind of, you know, you're their therapist because they know you could try. Like, I could tell you anything I feel. You run a one, you've got a great heart and you can sense this, but they'll come on and tell you these stories from these other hosts. And you're just like, oh, my God, how do they have a show? You know, why would they ever talk to somebody like that? You're like, you're so cool. And yeah. you just want to spend your time and trade your attention and time with me. And um, it's just it's horrifying to me. So if we can provide that experience, obviously, you know, there's or there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of us out there doing that. So it's kind of a niche group. And that attracts some amazing guests, which, you know, I mean, always make for great conversations. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted I wanted to serve. I hate the term circle back now because Biden's secretary has forever ruined that phrase for me. Well, let's come up with a new one. What if we uh, come back around? Yeah. That's similar though. Swing back through. All right. Let's swing back through okay. to where you were talking about UFOs and how some people in near death experiences and where are, is astral travel a UFO experience and vice versa? Because. Uh. There are times that like over the weekend, my husband and I went to bed and we woke up and we're both like, we went somewhere last night. Can't tell you where, have no memory, but we're like, we're sore, like we were in a battle, like all this stuff. Can't, no memory of it, um, but we feel like we go places. So is that astral travel or is that a UFO or are they the same thing? Uh, well, I mean, I would say at a level, all anything is is consciousness. So there's a great argument to be made that actually anything you come across is you that's just anthropomorphizing itself into your reality and manifesting itself in experiences that you wished to have. Like you signed up for all of this. And uh, again, with the Preston Dennett episodes coming out soon, uh, we talked about how you have to, you know, there's this sovereignty idea. And I really believe in this, that I, I believe in – I say the word believe and apply it to very few things. You know, this is one philosophy I have. I heard of on a Kevin Smith movie years ago uh, called Dogma, and um, the character Chris Rock plays um, said, you know, I don't have beliefs. I have ideas because ideas are easy, easier to change. Yes. And so if you, if you look at it that way, then I have very little beliefs, but I do believe that this place is your ride and that you have control of it. So if you start looking at it this way, you'll notice it this way. And I also firmly believe 
in sovereignty. I think no one's going to hold you down and stick a needle in your arm if you don't want them to. I don't think you get abducted unless you want to. Now, there are cases, again, Preston Dennett talks about the people screaming and other people on the UFO that have reported people screaming, going, no, no, no. But we just have to trust the idea, and I'm very skeptical of this, by the way. We have to trust the idea that your higher self, at some level, knew. Now, I am not, as I know, uh, an experiencer, what I would call an experiencer. I've never, you know, I've been looking into the contact phenomena and all kinds of cool shit for well over 22 years, and I've not experienced it personally that I know of. I don't think I'm meant to, and I think if I have, I insist that they uh, wipe my memory of it so that they can assist me in what I truly want, which is not to be affected by the experience in this reality. I like the idea of it. But I think that if I knew I was getting abducted by one particular type of entity, it would skew the way that I ask questions about the phenomena. And it wouldn't allow me to go as broad as I do with it. It would really f narrow my focus. And so perhaps this happens to all of us. Perhaps all of us get ab abducted, air quotes. Because, mm -hmm. again, maybe it's your higher self at a level that's really you. It's really you. And your avatar, which is you now, is just a receiver for this, okay? And it's a part of your consciousness. But there's a bit of auto in it you know there's some there is a vehicle you've got some run to it maybe again as as the idea goes it gets yeah. it gets a little out there and so perhaps at that level then it's all just a psychosemantic phenomena which terence mckenna jacques filet and um jay allen Hynek, uh the director of project blue book all three of them kind of got to that or brought that into the conversation as a question at some point in their lives near the end of their investigations near the end of their lives uh, of course uh this is the middle one that I said. Hi, Nick. Uh, Hi, Nick. I, I can't. Blanked, absolutely. Uh, McKenna yep. and... Terrence McKenna. Hi, Nick. Oh, it's not Himmler, but that's... Where am I at? Jacques Vallée. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm exhausted, darling, by the way. Anyway, so Jacques Vallée um, is still alive, but the other two are gone. So anyway, um, it, it kind of gets to this point where it's a psychosemantic thing that perhaps you are the one creating everything. And if that's the case, then your mind is just doing this. Then if you are getting abducted, it, what would appear to be an external abduction is actually you being brought within your own, your own conscious deeper. There's also this fractal universe idea that this ties into. And the mind-blowing idea goes that perhaps when you walk outside and you look up at a star, really what you're looking at is a submolecular particle of yourself, which is on a planet looking at a star... It's a submolecular part of itself, and you get to this Matryoshka doll idea, this fractal Mandelbrot set kind of a thing going on. And if this is the case, then UFO phenomena, near-death experiences, you, your avatar gets in a horrible car wreck. Well, a version of you that is, comes in the form of your grandma goes, hey, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. You kind of have this experience and change. It completely changes your life. And then you come back in, and you're avatar reanimates and man you have changed and now the course of your life has been set in a completely new direction and it's remarkable now this happens with the ufo phenomena as well some people don't talk about it at all uh, some people deny it completely but at a level they say that you're cool with this now uh, i i have a lot of questions you know i i kind of look i look at all angles um, i kind of get to the prison planet idea which terrifies me yeah uh, to no end that's like the biggest hell i could think uh, and then also, you know, this idea that everything's happening for your highest good and all that. I also think the UFO phenomena could be just jinn, which jinn is just a ancient, you know, um, Vedic creature that basically blue skin, they're genies, right? So blue skin, they can shapeshift, they can be anything, they can turn into a UFO and a crew and fly down here. They can speak any language, they live for thousands and thousands of years if they die at all, um, and they weave in and out of reality. So really... 
you know, again, marrying that concept of that there's an entity here, an egregore here that can do anything and be anything and, and do anything, that would be a good system to have in a place that's here just to teach you everything on a super personal level. And, you know, think about it. All kids learn in different ways, right? And you get the yep. math teacher that can describe a math problem 15 different ways and get the same answer, then that's an awesome teacher. So maybe each of us as souls, if we're all real souls, which that's another awesome conversation, um, then maybe that's part of the experience and it can manifest in different ways. And maybe the UFO one was the way that it needed to be for you. That's like the box you checked on the other side. They're like, okay, we can either do a near-death experience or you can get visited by a UFO. Which would you like? And they're like, ooh, UFO. Yeah, yeah, let's do that this time. And then they send you on the ride and then it pops up when it, when it needs to. I mean, maybe. I don't know. So is it free will or before we come down here, do we have certain, do we have our whole life planned out? Do we have big things planned out? Like certain check boxes that we have to hit? Like at what, is there free will at all? Yeah. Outstanding question. It kind of depends on what you think we are. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you that first and then we'll go with it from there. Cause there's so many ways to answer that question, but a wonderful question. What do I think we are? Yeah. I don't know. Cause it really depends on the day. Yeah, it depends on who I'm talking with, what I'm experiencing in that moment. Um, there are some days where I think souls get reincarnated. And then there's other days where I'm like, I don't want to reincarnate. I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I feel like we're all connected. What that means I don't know. I try not to get stuck on labels because labels limit the conversation and can limit how you view things and how we have this conversation. So we're all connected in this. What I experience now could affect you and you're down south and I'm up in the northeast and it could also affect our great great grandchildren. And so this to your point of quantum entanglement, but where we come from, you know, I think we're more than just meat suits. I think there's definitely some, something else going on. Our higher, our higher selves, what that is, how big that is, what extent they play in our lives. I have no idea. I have no idea, but I think that's there because to your, you know, like you said earlier, I should have died many times and I haven't. So I'm clearly here for a reason think I figured out that reason, but I could be wrong. Like, I, don't I think know. you figured out that reason. I think, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're going to continue to do so because it, it constantly unfolds in front of you, right? Yeah. Um, so an outstanding answer. And that's, you know, that tends to be where I'm at with it too. I, I tend for this all to be connected absolutely in a way. I'm a big, you know, psychonaut. I've done uh, copious amounts of psychedelics. And so that's allowed me at, uh, you know, my third eye is squeegeed right clean. And so um, it's, it's allowed me this, um, you know, way of looking at it and a new perspective to offer the world um, that, that kind of looks at things at this connected level. And so unity consciousness for me, when I got introduced to Neil Donald Walsh, that was an easy sell. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. And it all happened at the same time. So that pivotal speed bump that I told you about was mm -hmm. also yinned, the yang was yinned by my first major psychedelic experience um, in a, a horrible event at the time, but incredibly transformative. 
Uh, and then also being introduced to unity consciousness and then also finding out that the world was lying and full of shit. Uh, the governments around the world were just organized crime ranks. And so all of those things hit me at once. And then I was out on my own. They're like, all right, cool. So everything's connected, um, possibly, and it shatters every belief and, and idea you've ever had. Um, yeah, you had this horrible experience with your parents and you can't trust anyone in your family and you don't have a car and you have two bags and a, and a you know guitar and a diploma. And I think I even left the diploma. I don't know. And then also uh, your government's full of shit. Everybody's lying to you and the world's the scariest fucking place you can imagine and go and that's how i started uh <laughs> that's that's how the, the pretty big awakening for me that was kind of the summary of the speed bump a major mind fuck a major mind fuck but in the in the best <laughs> way and again i know i signed up for this i know i did because i'm you know either i did or we do this so many damn times you know it's just a ride like it's our favorite ride we just come in here and do it all the time it's just like i said like paintball or something where it's just a game that people are playing on the other side which that's the that's where I'd like to take the conversation. I'll get there. So you, you can picture this as just this, uh, you know, we come in here and maybe like uh, you and I swapped each other's on the other side because we're all buddies, you know. And I was like, ooh, I'll fill yours out this time. And you're like, okay. And then you filled mine out. I filled yours, yours out. Now we're in here laughing our asses off. And then we'll get off the ride and you'll be like, you're never filling mine out again, asshole, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, whatever. You know, like my sister on the other side, something like that, equivalent. And um, so maybe that's it. Or maybe it's all us and it splinters us into different personalities and comes into this experience, which is more of how I kind of look at it. Now, if that's the case, then I don't necessarily think that this before you has anything to do with anything other than a utility tool. This, I, I really started looking at this again when, when investigating the near-death phenomenon. When you have people that talk about, okay, I popped out of my body and I looked back at it. And as I was floating up, I looked at it as it was just clothes that I took off for the day. It didn't mean anything. Nobody meant anything. Like, I loved people, and I could feel that, but I knew that everyone was safe. I knew everything was fine, and as I floated above my body, it didn't, it didn't hurt me at all. And this is interesting to me. And also, couple that idea, again, my show is very broad, with the idea of uh, Tesla talking about that he was just a receiver, you know, for, for all of yeah. his ideas. You also then bring in back uh, UFO just landed in the conversation again, talking about that um, the grays have been um, talked about from contactees. Many of them, by the way, verified this across the board that we're just vessels. They just look at us they're like, oh, you're just vessels because somebody's had the balls to ask them, hey, what are we? You know what I mean? Because that'd be my first damn question. That's probably it. They don't abduct me because, you know, I'm verbose. Again, with these labels, I talk a lot to dance around them. Um, and so, you know, they, I just get this diary of the mouth with them and they're probably like, get off of the ship. They just don't want it. <laughs> um, but you know, they, this idea that we're vessels or receivers, now you then, you know, tie in the video game element to it just for simple, simple reference points. And then you say, well, maybe it's just a video game and you go, well, perhaps the video game, you know, that's very reductive and I understand that. But what I mean by it is maybe there's no more consequence to it really than what you give it. You know what I mean? And maybe the only meaning here is what you give it. And then perhaps that's what you're here to experience and then the game's over. Or you go play another game. Or you go live in the real whatever that is. And maybe that's it. So whenever you look at it like this, um, you you don't, I guess, take things as personally. You know what I mean? It, it kind of broadens the scope. You know, at first it's like, because again, there's an emotional intelligence to this conversation. You can't go around just like, knocking people out or killing people or like whatever. It's not a free-for-all here. I mean, it is kind of, but again, there's people listening to this show will understand that it's not that, and that is definitely not what you want to, what you want to bring upon yourself. Cause it's just you, right? 
So it, it feels like, again, just this, this very interesting thing that if we are just receivers for it, then you're walking through this place, then really your job here is just to kind of have fun and to you know touch, smell, taste, see, and hear everything you can before the time's up and uh, to be of service because that's what you really want. And, you know, come hang out and have awesome conversations and expand the minds of, you know, those that listen and, and that find this and that are attracted to it. It feels less dire. You know, I kind of called bullshit on the conspiracies a long time ago. I just got so deep into them. I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist anymore. I much prefer the moniker uh, conspiracy analyst, which was made up by Charlie Robinson of the Macroaggressions podcast. Great dude. Love him. Um, and I'm, I'm much more, if we want to say, identify with that uh, just simply because of the energy it brings. And it more reflects the energy I give it. I, I'll look into it, but I'm not going to get bummed out about it. I'm not going to Paul Revere anymore. I did that for years, and it it only bummed me out, you know, and made it toxic for everyone. No one wants to talk to you about it that way. You don't want to bring that energy to it. In the same way, you don't bring that energy to a conversation like this, right? And so it's it's just a different way of looking at it. I really, um, again, kind of think that that's it. And so I guess to answer your question, maybe we're not even here. And so perhaps it's not as um, dire as we think, and maybe we're just receivers from thoughts. And then you ask, of course, well, then what's the, what are we receiving? You know, and um, that's where the thought ninja comes in and monitoring your thoughts and things like that. And that's that's where that idea comes in. I'd had this idea, I don't know, probably about a year ago. Never followed through with it. And I couldn't tell you what podcast I was listening to. But I go to my husband and I'm like, we need and why peyote? No idea. But I was like, we need to get him hold of some peyote. And. I am going to go into this trance and I'm going to be able to translate stuff because I have these, and not to be egotistical, but I have these earthly degrees. I have a bachelor's and a master's and all this stuff. And sometimes I feel like sometimes it's hard for people to take something that's very high up here and then translate it down for the common person. I was like, I want to be that conduit. I said, we're going to get some peyote. We're going to make this a sacred thing. You're going to stick me in front of a video camera and I'm just going to start translating shit. And he's like, he's just looking at me. I was like, I know I sound crazy. We never did it. What? And maybe it's just, we haven't done it yet. Maybe that's, that's the right. Yeah. We haven't done it yet. Um, but I'm like, Specifically I, peyote. I'm just curious. Have you ever done psychedelics? No, really? never been drunk. Never been high. Okay. Um, the only the high, unless you count like having surgery and when they, no. No, with no, narcotics no um we dude we we gotta you legalize it well okay i tell you what you and your husband need to come out to texas and we'll, tr- <laughs> we'll i've got some mushrooms dude we'll, tr- we'll, we'll cross a bunch of things off your list you know what i mean uh and we, we'll throw you on camera you translate all you want i think it'd be awesome uh so that's an open invite by the way but um yeah yeah i think that that would be an incredible exercise uh and if you're called to do it uh even more the reason to do it honestly it was like this weird like I was like, I can go translate the Akashic Records. And he's like, what do you mean? Tran-? And I was like, I don't know. But I feel like that's the part that's coming out is I need to translate the Akashic Records for people on peyote. And he's like, he's just looking at me. And he's not saying that I sound crazy, but I can tell. He's like, babe, like, I love you, but you're sounding kind of crazy right now. I dig your passion. You're like me and uh, my <laughs> wife is like your husband. I say that um, I'm the kite. She's the string. 
You know what I mean? And so he's your string. He's holding you and just, you're just up here with me and we're just, whoa, in the air and everything like that. Like, let's do peyote. And they're like, all right, you know, just keep him tethered. It's, um, you need that. You need that balance. But, um, I still think you should do it. I still think it'd be super cool. So I'm probably not the person to like talk you out of this, but I, <laughs> I think it'd be, it'd be badass. I mean, why specifically do you need to be, uh, on a substance? I mean, I, I understand the plant medicine elements. I, I, I like what they chose and it's, it's an interesting one as well, but I, I don't know necessarily – is it a vibe thing? Is it because that's going to be easier for them to connect to you? Like there's a space there? I mean that's obviously created. So so frequently I will say things and I will start this off with, I don't know why I'm saying this, but right. – and then I'll just talk. It is one of those things of I have no idea why peyote. I can't tell you why. Um, why not mushrooms? Why not weed? Why not just meditation? I have no idea. Can't freaking tell you. Wish I could, but it's peyote. Why not take the, as an exercise, this is not a criticism, it's just as an exercise. Why not take the, I don't know why I'm saying this, out of the sentence as a buffer, as a bumper, and just say it? Because sometimes I feel like I'm crazy if I don't. <laughs> well, the reason I'm asking is, and that's an interesting thing. So it's a trust. It's a worthy, it's a trust um, element to that. And I get this. I, I understand, even though I'm not, I, I get what you're saying because I feel that too. Like I said, I'm not an experiencer in the way that I would say, like, I don't get picked up by UFOs and shit, but I definitely get some intuitive things. Uh, the show, this has led me, it's guided me through all of this as far as guest selection goes and you know, quickly doing something, something will pop up in a way that I know that it's necessary, you know what I mean? In the, in a certain way. So yep. you get the same thing. So also again, but if we are just receivers, then perhaps what you're experiencing is just your ability to trust the person that you're receiving from whenever it's a certain energetic level, because it's not telling you to let go murder puppies, right? It's, it's, it's wanting to encourage you to help and serve humanity. And so that's a voice you should listen. You know, that's amazing. It sounds like you're opening up energetically to something like that. It also sounds like it's inviting you to, um, take a journey down the psychedelic road. And I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's not for everybody for damn sure. And I would say that, but I will say this, knowing you, your story and just meeting you, but knowing your story, knowing what I know about your story, I don't know your whole story. You have the mental fortitude to be able to handle anything a psychedelic can throw at you that would be uncomfortable or turn anybody else off because what it, it's a mirror to you and it's deep, you know, and some like ayahuasca and I began some iboga, those are really, really heavy. Something like mushrooms, and this is why I would I would say mushrooms first, uh, especially I my that's what I started with as far as mush, uh, um, mushrooms go was mushroom. I'd, first trip was LSD, and I don't recommend that. Um, that's what it may be. That's why it was so intense, and, but it needed to be. And so again, I'm grateful for it. But the mushrooms thing was crazy, uh, but amazing. Now, don't do what I did and take 14 grams your first time. I just didn't know. Uh, we have better information now. But what you can do is, you know, maybe something like that or a San Juan would be cool. Some San, San Juan you can just grow in your front yard. You can go buy it at Walmart. Not a lot of people know that. You can just go buy it and plant it in your front yard. It's completely legal. The only issue is whenever you start cutting it up and boiling it to trip your balls off. But um, I highly encourage this if it's something that you're drawn to. Again, um, kind of as a psychonaut looking at your mental fortitude because there's no off switch on these. You know, when they get yeah. intense, they get intense. So I, I know you can handle it, dude. And I'd trip with you anytime. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel pressured to trip at all with anybody ever. But I would yeah. say that if that's a more inviting option for you, we have 12 acres out here. You guys can come walk around the ranch and see the donkeys and shit tripping balls. It's it's a lot. Of, like tripping out here is great. That's why I was inviting you guys to do that. Well, thank you. Yeah. 
I think it. I, I think it's something that if you're drawn to it in that way, and again, uh, from my perspective, um, yeah, I, I think you should. I know, because it's also very sacred to the Native Americans, and so I know someone who can get it. Um, but since I had that initial, this is what I need to do, I haven't felt that sense. And I'm just kind of waiting. I don't want to push it. I don't want to force it. And when that feeling comes across again, maybe then that's the time. I think this first one was just seeing if I would even be willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Test in the water. Yeah. 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 I agree. It's interesting. And plus, it's one of those open tabs, right? We talk about this in neurolinguistic programming and stuff like that, that they, you have all these tabs running, like, oh, I got to take the kid to soccer. Oh, I have to fix that light or, oh, I got to do this thing in the house, whatever. And so that's like an open tab for you now. That's like a thing that's there and it's an option. And that's very cool. And you're getting more inquisitive about it and curious about it. And I'm sure you have been, but it sounds like, um, yeah, I, I think I think it'd be really cool. And let me know how it goes. I'm very curious. And uh, like I said, I don't know when it'll... Uh... Yeah, it'll happen. It'll, it'll happen when it's meant to. So. Absolutely, every time. That's the craziest thing too is uh, like thinking about time and stuff like that. You know, I've I've um, been thinking about like all these past and future lives and stuff like that. And then if, even if you look at this place as a simulation, uh, there's a wonderful YouTube video called The Egg. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Oh my god, just put it on. It's seven minutes long, but it's it will change your damn life. It's called The Egg. I forget who it was. It was a short story that was turned into a little animated thing. But basically, the premise goes. Spoiler alert. Uh, that basically we're all the same thing. Like I'm you, you're me. Every yeah. There's no difference. I mean, I know we talk about this separate, but the way that the video puts it for a lot of folks, when we talk about this, it can be a little whatever. But the way it puts it as far as like, you're the girl from the 1500s in China. You're you know the girl in 2087 right now battling robots and shit. Like you're everything. And you're just tuned into this frequency right now. And it's just really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah I... I feel like part of the reason too i say i don't know why i'm saying this is it's almost a uh not that i don't believe it but it's almost a recognition or like letting the other person know or maybe to myself of like it's almost like my higher i recognize it's my higher self or a guide or whatever term label you want to put on it talking and it's not this current present elizabeth talking yeah if that makes sense yeah, it's just a way to delineate. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I speak it, I, but it's not necessarily coming from my current conscious brain. It's this thought in, I'm going to say it, I recognize I may sound crazy, but it's just kind of a, this is where I'm at and this is why I'm saying it. Well, you're a, you're a scientist. Have you gotten into neurolinguistic programming and how your mind can be affected by how you speak? Okay, so the same thing. We took like trying around our house as a cuss word. We don't we don't try. We're not triceratops. We're a doceratops. Okay, if you're gonna do it, do it. Uh, I like right? that. Yeah, and so um, whenever I hear anyone, it's it's on my radar now, and it's again not a criticism, and that's why I wanted to caveat that with that. It's an observation, and what I how I interpret it from what I understand about neurolinguistic programming is that words are so powerful. And this again has to do with the thought ninja. This has to do with my whole inward and, and really go and nope, remove that word. Nope. Remove the energy from that word and say it different. You know, I mean, I've been, Oh, it's been a beat down, honestly. But um, whenever I hear somebody say, I don't know why I'm saying this, but it's not the caveat or the need for the caveat or delineation. It's that perhaps neurolinguistically, 
you're telling yourself that you won't know why you're saying what you're saying. But what I'm saying is maybe inviting a different phrase even. And I, I, uh, my higher know, self is saying, yeah, even that though is a separation, right? But I like the, I like, I like it. I like it. It feels better. You know what yeah. I mean? On the, yeah. okay. On the mind, because then maybe that will offer the opportunity for the enlightenment. Because right now what you're saying is I don't know why I'm saying this, therefore I won't, but here you go. And then it became, it remains a mystery. So perhaps by inviting your higher self in to say, Hey, this is my higher self right now. Go, you know, maybe it'll just offering it again from a, yeah. The way that I've been looking at the way that I speak about things has been very important to me and especially to myself. And I know you say that to yourself, you know, as of course a permission slip and yes, Hey, this is what's going on. And then boom into it. And I love that you're at least willing to communicate and vocalize about it. I mean, that's massive, dude. Congratulations. And then also congratulations that you have such a great rapport with your higher self and that you can feel the difference. You know, you can feel an energetic shift. So there's the ability for you to mentally delineate in that moment. It's very interesting. It reminds me of a Bashar or, you know, Abraham Hicks or something like that that can really know, okay, this is different now and then move into it. Oh, it's, it, it's wild. There are times that call, call it channeling, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'll just start talking and sometimes my voice changes a little bit and I'll just go. And I, said anything that's scary no i don't think so the, the weird told you to do anything that's uncomfortable Mm-mm. you don't have to answer that question by the way no no, no. it's just the, the odd part to me is sometimes i don't remember what i've said okay that's interesting that also occurs with again the ufo phenomena you have an encounter that's something extraordinary you have an experience, you're aware of an experience, but you don't remember what transpired. So therefore, you're in the dark about the details, but you needed the details to occur for whatever you're about to encounter. Yeah, How I pictured this, missing time, things like that, um, exactly what you're talking about, about not being able to clearly recollect the conversation, but knowing that something occurred, is this idea that perhaps like you're a version of you that's in your head right now, your physical head, was shown like a cue card of what's going to happen and what to look out for. But it goes and like puts it against its chest real quick whenever you come back to, right? And so it kind of slips information in. And I've heard this with the UFO phenomena contact. They'll have long conversations with uh, extraterrestrial entities, perhaps them at a level, whatever. And they're told, hey, you're going to remember only this part of the conversation right now. And then in 20 years, you're going to remember this part of the conversation. And then whatever. And it can, and so on and so on. So it kind of like holds information from you, but it's stored within you. It's like a drive that you don't have access to, but that will unlock when the time is right. Yeah. What's bizarre is like, I remember I I get this sense of like, I'll be talking with my husband and I can like feel this shift change. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and like, so then I'll keep talking. He'll, he's recorded me before because there are times where I've been like, I'm not going to remember this hit record. And so he'll hit record on his phone. And I don't remember exactly, but I remember trying to use Oreos as a way to describe our timelines. Oh, I could see that. And apparently for like 10 minutes, I'm trying to use Oreos. And he's like, you're doing your hands like this. And he's like, you were just rambling for a bit. And he's like, I just kind of let it go. He's like, I couldn't get my phone and I want to get up and mess up your train of thought. But yeah, apparently I tried to describe parallel universes with Oreos. Well, yeah, if you picture Oreos in the <laughs> sleeve, you know, when you open them up and you're like, hello, and they're all laying there sideways. 
And, you know, then, yes, this is like the old records thing. They used to use records as the analogy, and you could stack them vertically if you want. But if you turn them sideways as they present themselves to you whenever you first approach them, right, then this is the timeline thing I was talking about. You know, yeah. perhaps in the middle of it, all those to the right of it are dark and all those to the left, whatever. And and maybe this is what happens, and they're just compressed and collapsing. As you eat them, right, one's not there, but energetically it needs to remain in the in the realm and so yeah. dip back into another one. Kind of like that movie The One with Jet Li. Did you ever watch that? No, but I'm I'm like the worst person to ask if I've ever seen a movie. That's okay. This one's fun for the whole family. You and your husband should watch this because it's fun. It's got Jason Statham in it. Like it's silly. It's, it's called it, the, one. Like the One. The One. Okay. It's just philosophically cool, and it talks about the multiverse. And I won't ruin it. For, well, it's called the. It's in the trailer. Basically, there's a bunch of U's, and it talks about the multiverse idea. But that means there's a U in every multiverse. Uh, in every universe, rather. And there's a way in the movie for them to travel between universes, and this dude goes through and kills the other version of him and gets stronger until he's the one, right, or wants to become the one. I'm not going to run it for you. But basically all of their – the idea is is that all of the power from all the U's, you get a ton of power here, but there's so many of U's in each timeline, in each universe that it's spread out. Yeah. And so when one dies, the energy disperses among evenly amongst the others. And so if you were to be able to travel through and go through and kill all the versions of you, you'd be like a god here. That's that wild. Crazy? I know. It's ever, a cool concept. Have you ever seen yeah. the, the show Fringe? Yes. Yes. But I'm not a huge TV person, but I have seen parts of that show and I'm familiar enough for you to continue. So... I'd seen it before I quote unquote woke up. Um, and then my husband and I recently started, you know, watching it now that I have a different set of eyes, basically. And it's wild because there's these two universes and, you know, one's collapsing because one person came over and they, they shouldn't have. And it's a very interesting concept because to your point of they're just dealing with two in the show for the sake of ease. Yeah. But yeah. There could be oh, unlimited amount. Absolutely. Absolutely there can. And this is where it gets mind-blowing and fun. It's way cooler than thinking, you know, the, what scientists think now, which is boring, and it's limited, and it's all funded by somebody else. You're, you're highly aware of this. And yes. this is another thing I adore about you. You went through, you got the education. I've got, I've got so many, again, wonderful colleagues of yours, scientists of yours, I would love to introduce you to, to have you have them on your shows. Dr. Doug Matsky, same thing, quantum computing guy. Um uh, Dr. Haley Young, same thing, uh, amazing. Um, she, uh, quantum physics PhD, but as it relates to the human body, completely went to spiritualism because that's where the data led her. Amazing. Again, uh, the, the scientist turned enlightened or aware, like that that's where the da data led you. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. You weren't blocked by that ceiling, that that's the transcendence. And even scientists are doing it now. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's it's a wild ride, though. But are you having fun? I am. And I can honestly say I've, I'm having more fun now that I woke up than because before it was like, why is this happening to me? It was this giant pity party. And okay. I still have my days of this sucks and I want two thumbs and okay. Like I, I still have those days, but there's so much, there's, there's so few and far between now. Whereas before it was this giant, like, Oh, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? And wanting to understand my purpose, but not knowing how. And then I was raised Catholic and, you know, there, there's this whole thing of purgatory. And if you're not good enough, that's where you're going to end up. And it was all this BS. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to be a good person. Mm. And I'm still trying to do good Hang things on. and help people. I'm cutting you there. I'm cutting you there. You are not a triceratops. 
You're a doceratops. You I, are doing it. This is I, the neurolinguistic. Now, it's to a fault of mine, by the way. I wish I didn't do this. I no, 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 no. Wrong, but what I mean is, is that I only cut you off because it cut me like a knife to say that you're trying to all the wonderful things you said about yourself there. I, I really know that you are doing those things. And that's the only reason I stopped you. You are doing them. So yes, that, that's it. Please. I didn't mean to cut no, you. You no. were murdering it there. I just wanted to make sure I had the right energy because everybody listening wants to. You right now, you are care. my in-person thought ninja, and I appreciate that. I'm a mirror to you. That's it. And you're a mirror to me. That's how this works. Now, the mirror concept is fascinating. Uh, absolutely fascinating. I'd love to go over the thought ninja thing, but I want to hear the rest of what you said. You are helping people. You are doing that. I am doing all these things, even though I don't go to Catholic church anymore. You know, I don't go to a physical building to worship this God. I still think there's parts of the Bible that have merit, but I find God more in the forest and at a lake and with my feet in the sand than I do kneeling in a pew with a guy telling me what I should believe. And I'm happier now. And it's not saying that I don't believe God doesn't exist because I do think that there's a source, a God, a creator, a higher power, Gaia, insert label here, but I'm not limited by those labels. And I think that's been the biggest change for me is not being limited by the labels. I was so angry about being labeled disabled or all these different things that were put on me that I shunned all of them. But now I'm like, if you want to label me disabled, sure. If you want to label me this, sure. If you like, if that's what helps you understand me and this reality so we can have a connection, you can put those labels on me. But I'm not going to hold on to those labels because right. they don't affect me. Yeah. That's just your way of understanding your current reality. And I just happen to be a player in that reality at this moment in time. Absolutely beautiful. You are truly remarkable. And you've absolutely nailed it. And, you know, there's this um, – you made a level, and I'll just say it here um, – there, there's this exercise called a vulnerability exercise. Um, and there was this woman that did this, and basically she was laying on a mat – in New York City in a bikini, okay, on right on a street corner. And she knew she did this is the part this is the exercise. You do something where you know everyone is going to look at you. And the whole point of it is to be able to sit with that, embrace it, and know that it doesn't define you and know that nothing happens like this. Now, if soul contracts and shit are a thing, you came in with the biggest vulnerability exercise there is, and that is to wear that badge the entire time you're here. That's incredibly remarkable. And you do it in such a way where you have so much grace and you have so much humility. And this is why you are, and not trying, you are doing the things that you said. I see the biggest version of you. And it's the most beautiful damn thing I've ever seen. I'm just Thank so you. proud you're out here. I love that you're doing this. You are just changing lives constantly. You've changed mine here tonight. I can't Aww. wait to get you on my show. We're absolutely going to schedule this. You do this for people and you do it in the way that your authenticity and you embracing who you really are that's what's different and so the challenges i think that you know one could expect and that you have experienced those are over i i don't i think that that's what the biggest change is it's it's an, an attachment to authenticity we are getting rid of all the nonsense it is a flushing of the toilet and you are not the turd stuck to it you <laughs> You are the you are the handle, uh, and so the, this is the thing with this, and it, it's no longer this nonsense and the the idiocracy 
it's manifesting in a large way like that right now on a collective level, and that's the way it has to because things have to be brought to the surface to be cleared, I think. Uh, it's worked that way with me. And so, and like you said, it's, it's, they're very few and far between now, which is great, but they still occur because it's still more to be purged out. You and I, you know, my mom threw some shit in that bag again this weekend and it's okay. I, I can carry it. I've got the, I've got the shoulders too, because now I look at it differently, just like you, you can carry it now because it's not heavy anymore. You've built your muscle up to where you're, you're so powerful that it doesn't matter. This, this is where that true power comes in, is in that vulnerability where you can be yourself, you can be who you really are, but still be open and putting yourself out there to be of service. Remarkable. Again, truly remarkable. I really hope your audience understands what you do and who you are. It, and I, I kind of want to touch on the Thought Ninja thing real quick, if you don't mind, because we've yeah, yeah. around it quite a bit. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Here. No, I don't no. Know how long no, you can go as long as you want. I have no other plans. You're, we're good. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, whenever I was going through this introspection period about last July, and yes, I did uh, quit my job. I did podcasting full time. I left a you know almost hundred thousand dollar a year job. If you add up all the benefits and stuff, it was well over that. I had company car. I had everything top of my game, top sales, just crushing it, absolutely crushing it. Made more than my boss. I uh, had pretty much peaked in the position where I was at and left number one at everything. Left on the highest note I could. And when I did so, it was to just release and to get out and to unplug for the biggest time because that was a stable, very stable thing that I was in for damn near 10 years. And it was part of my identity. It was part of what made my parents very proud of me for the first time in a very long time, which was an interesting element to that. Uh, you know, I have a mortgage. I'm married. So it was very necessary as well. Um, and so... But it became this uh, anchor, you know, and it became and it always was. It was this thing, you know, and I know who I am. I was a touring musician for 12 years. You know, me being in a job to where I was doing something like that, you know, haircut, all that shit. It's not me. But, man, I played the shit out of the role. I thrived, absolutely thrived. But it I, it got to the point where I just couldn't. And with the weight of this, you know, the trade off, the sand and the and this is absolutely exactly what it was, by the way. You, Indiana Jones. OK, he's trading the sand for the idol. All right. And this is what it was. It was this strong idol that was firm and beautiful, and yep, it's there, and everything's holding in place and no danger. And then I took the sand and dropped it on, and all of a sudden, okay, cool, you've got everything you want. You have your freedom. Now you're doing your show full time. And then that ball rolls down, and I'm like, holy shit. And that's what this year was, was running away from an insane boulder that I did not know was going to trigger because I thought I had the sand weighed just right, right? And I did not. This is like the perfect metaphor for my story, by the way. I'm just coming up with this as I'm talking to you, so I'm grateful for this opportunity to flow here. You're probably you're definitely gifting me this. So uh, your higher self is. And it, it seems that uh, it was just it's been the toughest goddamn thing I've ever done in my life. Um, you know, it, it was it's been the most fun, but it's been the most terrifying. I've never been more scared. I've never cried more in my life, to be honest with you. This year was tough. Whether I did this or not, this was gonna be a fucked year. And I just so happened to choose to do this. Now, about July is when I drained our savings. And that's when I was like, okay. And the wife and I had the conversation, okay, you need to go find a fucking job, man. Stop playing podcaster. So I got a job uh, a few days a week as a construction worker. And it's been awesome, honestly. Uh, it's been a lot of fun still doing it. I'm actually about to add another day. So that's pretty cool. We just had that conversation literally five minutes before I hopped on here. And so... um we're doing it, but we chug along and we're moving forward. And I've, like I said, never been more terrified. Um, uh, uh, you know, just like I said, a bunch of shit. Uh, mother-in-law came to say this is horrible. Back to birth, septic cost is four hundred dollars uh, for something I told her definitely not to do, and she still did it. 
And then, you know, uh, we lost a dog this year that was very close to me, and that was so hard. I've, I've never cried that a, more about anything but all, over an animal. And, again, this, this, like, year has brought so much out, and it was just because I did it. You know what I mean? It wasn't about – it was about taking the leap, and I knew that. It wasn't like, oh, you're just going to get fucking famous, and so everybody's going to, you know, just uh, buy subscriptions to your thing enough for you guys to eat. No, none of that shit happened. None of that fucking shit happened. Um, and so, you know, it's that I went and got a job, but I needed to do it. It was one of those things. I really got to that point. And, and this was the thing. And I told my wife this, I've told my you know folks this, all that shit. I didn't tell my parents I left my job for like three, four months, uh, you know, afterwards. We just don't have that kind of relationship. And it's weird. Did you do the same shit? Yeah. You understand? Uh, considering I quit on my mom's birthday, I wasn't going to ruin her birthday. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I definitely waited a few weeks because I didn't know how to tell them that the thing that they were so proud of me for and the thing that I had $200,000 in student debt for, I didn't want to do anymore because I thought it was a corrupt system. Wow. See, we are so alike. How much do we have in common? Well, we don't have the student uh, debt in in common. My brothers do. They did that shit. None of them do what their degrees are. Same, right? Uh, Well, you know, uh, you do. But it, it was... It's interesting um, that, and, and it's so interesting that you say this, you know, because I, when I said they were the job I had when I'm proud of me for the first time, you had the biggest smile on your face. And I knew instantly that you knew what I was talking about. My dog Kiva does too. Um, so, yeah, it, it just feels like this. Um, it's okay. So, when, whenever I went through that part, it, it again was so tough. And then I get to July, and July was really fucking tough. And I say that I just went and got a job like it was easy. It was not. Uh, that hit my ego hard. That, if you want to say the ultimate speed bump, to be honest with you, July uh, for us. And it was on the, again, heels of living to that dog in March. It seemed every month got more and more fucked. I, I entered January free as a bird. I've, I've never been again more uh, electric, but more terrified of just, oh, I just quit my job. I just turned that car in. I just said, oh, I don't need insurance. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, okay, I got this. You know, give it the – I mean, really, this was uh, tattooed on me. Uh, not literally, but this is I'm every morning. Give up your talents freely and you will be rewarded financially. And um, perhaps, but not before you run out of money. I will say that. Um, so we just, you know, g- you get to this point with it. Um, and it really, 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 really got to me. It got really bad. I had a dark, dark July. I've never – uh, been in a darker place. And again, it was on the heels of all of this stuff. I'm sitting here uh, about to turn 40 in September. Um, I have a wife, I have a ranch, I have animals, I have this responsibility. My dog died, you know, the mother-in-law thing. And it was just really psychologically, the the toll this has taken on my poor wife has been really weighing on me. But again, it was that question I asked myself, I will hate myself if I don't do this. Like I, it was a declarative, like if I, I don't know if it'll work out or not, but I will absolutely hate myself if I don't. And so I jumped and it's, I'll let you know when it works out. You know, I mean, we're still uh, manifesting lessons like a motherfucker and I'm really ready for it to end, to be honest with you. Just like but I it, said, hang on. it is working out. I, I see. Thank you. There's the neurolinguistic program I needed. I'm actually distracted because I'm texting my wife to open the door for the dog. So he'll stop barking. Uh, and I it is working out. It's, it's working, working out. out how it's meant to be, not how we expected it to be or wanted it to be. But how it's meant to be. Yes. And you're you're a hundred percent right. And I'm grateful that you see you kept me accountable. This is how this works. I'm a mirror to you. When I'm being vulnerable and re- re- revealing things in the way that I energetically feel them in the moment, which isn't accurate of how I really feel. Um, but it's just when re- 
this is how powerful it is, right? To be in the moment and to be in that emotion, to put myself back into July because it was so fresh but so dark that it really still has a little bit of sting to it. It still affects the way that I feel about the entire thing to this day. And it popped out just now, and so I'm grateful that you slipped that in there. Thank you so much. That's, You're welcome. That's a true buddy right there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember calling my husband and I had been talking back and forth of, Hey, I need to quit like this I, for so many reasons. I couldn't do this job and I hit a breaking point and I called him and I was like, I, I'm putting in my two weeks. Like I, I can't, I can't. And I'm sobbing and I'm like, but I don't know how we're going to do this and the money. And he's like, we'll figure it out. And I was like, but the money and you know, like we're basically going to cut our income in half. Like, how are we going to do this? He's like, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. And I quit. Cause the mental stress it was taking on me and the toll that it was taking on this family wasn't worth it. Just like you, almost six figures. And I just, I, I, I couldn't do it. For so many reasons, I couldn't do it. I'm so fucking proud of you. When, when did you do this? April 7th, 2021. Nice. So see, you were four months after me. I, uh, December 31st. And I only did it on that day so that I could start January 1st, 2021, completely clean and free. How fucking crazy is our story? We're adorable. We have so much in common. That's insane. So how are how are y'all doing? I mean, obviously, it's working out exactly the way it's supposed to, right? It's working out exactly how it's supposed to. I mean, just like you, I thought that my business was going to take off and I was going to be totally fine. And that was not the case in that moment. And I worked two part-time jobs while also, you know, doing essential oils and Reiki and energy healing and all these things. And also I have, you know, a new business venture with my husband and a friend and that will take off. Um, is taking off. It, it, it's still seedling. It's still seedling. This is the wheel shit. Wheel means that it's on a carrot and a stick. This is what it's, it's, it drives okay, me it, nuts. And I'm going to stop doing it, by the way. I'm just going to stop because uh, will means it'll always be in the future. It is taking off because it's already a seed, meaning that all it is taking off. It is taking off. Stupid right. I don't mean, see, it's, if I'm being an asshole, just tell me. I don't no, you're not. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. All right. But it is no, taking, it is off. taking I'm off. Super proud of you. Yeah, it is taking off. We're all working very hard, and we're very excited about it. And um, it's exciting. And were there times where we're looking at each other, going, "How the fuck are we going to pay rent?" Absolutely. Like, and it stresses him out to no end. And I get that. But every time I look at him, I'm like, "But it's always worked out." And he's like, "But what if it?" And I'm like, "But it's always worked out." And he's yeah. just. Sometimes I can tell you, wants to sh shake me and be like, but what if it doesn't? I'm like, but it does. I don't know how, but it does. It's fine. You play the what if game the same way that I do. What if it all works out? Like, what if it does work out? What if, what if all the shit's exactly the way that you want or way fucking better? That's because I played the negative what if game for yes. so long. Yes. I played every ne bad negative what if game of... What if I die? What if this happens? What if I get paralyzed? What if I can't use my right arm and I'm trying to feed myself with my left arm? Yep, and get paralyzed, but I surgery on my right arm trying to feed myself, like wipe, go to the bathroom it, in the middle of a divorce, like that sucked. Like it's not every bad thing I've ever imagined has ever come true, but I've definitely played that negative what if game. So then, but I was so reluctant to play the positive what if game. What if it did all work out? What if my, what if the business did take off? What if I could make more money being 
basically a freelance consultant in my own business than I ever could in pharma. That's a wild thought. But what if? And I started playing that positive what if game. And it's fun and it's cool. And is it always how I pictured it? Nope. But it sure makes me a whole lot happier than playing the negative what if game. Yeah. What do you say to the people that say that that's delusional? Because out of anyone, honestly, you have the you have the permission slip, you know, to be bitter and to be angry and to be anything you want, to be honest with you energetically. And people would obviously not only empathize with it, but give you carte blanche and enforce it and reinforce it rather. So, uh, you know, why I, I get energetically, but like, do you ever get asked, like, why? Like, what's the point? Like, what if it all does go exactly bad? Or what if it's all delusional? You know, because you hear that a lot in our game, right? With the energy game, with manifestation and stuff. Being delusional is kind of the secret to it. And so it, it's like you almost have to agree with them that, it, yeah, it may be a delusional perspective, but it's at least getting me to sleep at night, you know? But I don't think it's a delusional perspective. Yeah, me neither. I think if we are the masters of our own reality and we can create whatever we believe, then if you're convinced that you're going to have chronic pain your whole life and nothing is ever going to get better. And, you know, for me, these are things I used to think no doctor is ever going to be able to help you. And you're going to be in chronic pain your whole life. And, you know, life's going to suck. And yeah, you may make decent money, but you're going to spend it all on doctor's appointments. You're never going to have any vacation. Like, sure, that could have been the place that I ended up. But I didn't want to. Like, I, I didn't want those things. They were for sure a possibility and for sure they were a reality for a while. My vacation days were spent at doctor's appointments and I didn't have extravagant vacations, even though I was making almost six figures a year because I was spending all my money at doctors because I was sick. But I didn't want that. That's part of the reason I got into natural medicine was there had to be a better answer. There had to be a... a actually a solution, a quote unquote cure. Part of that cure was my negative mindset. And people are going to be really upset about that because a lot of my chronic pain was in my head. It's incredible. Incredibly vulnerable, incredibly honest. You know, I, I had PTSD. Yep. Because being hit by a car sucks and it'll mess up your brain 100%. But you can either stay angry about it or you can do something about it. I chose to do something about it. You're a doceratops, goddammit. I'm a doceratops. That's right. You, you need a shirt sure that says that. I'm a doceratops. There's already a meme out there. I'll, uh, I'll co-opt it. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll figure out a way to make it ours. But I agree with you because I say it's a damn much. I'm sure somebody made it as a one-off and uh, hasn't gotten the, the recognition it truly deserves. But I will. And I'll send you one immediately. Um. <laughs> That's just incredible. And you're absolutely right. So let's take let's step the game up then, uh, collectively as all of us. So whenever I got to this point, when I really realized just exactly what you said, because this is a perfect segue for it, it was all in my head. And the more that I realized it was all in my head, which is what answers the curiosity where I'm at now and have been for the past six months since I've really got this kick in the head by myself, because it's just you anyway, right? Um, then this is where I'm at. This is why the introspection has been so important to me. It's been important because it seems like that's the only place I had left to go. 
So I looked around at this place and immediately, like I said, about 22 years ago, called bullshit on the whole system. You can spend five minutes researching who you know uh, Rockefeller was and looking at what he did at the turn of the century with the medical system, the homeopathic system and outlawing that, uh, the education system with this famous quote, I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers and we all just okay. And, um, you know, what they're doing to the food constantly in the water, the eyes, uh, the skies, everything. And so I know all that's out there. So there's no answers for me out there. But what I do know that those answers drove me to something else. And it redirected my path to some amazing things. And then whenever I started really looking at spirituality, again, simultaneously. So as I'm learning that the world's full of shit, I'm learning that I'm enlightened and that we're all, that we're all one. So therefore, we're all full of shit, right? And so um, then it must be for a reason. And maybe it's for all of us to benefit or it's just a play. And there's a bunch of aliens like eating popcorn and laughing their asses off and whatever. And we're the aliens and we're down in the play also playing it. Anyway, I, it's so many cool things to think about. So whenever I got to this point, I realized um, that I had an issue with spiral thoughts and intr what I would call intrusive thoughts that I don't necessarily refer to there as that anymore. And then also now let's couple this back because I have a wide perspective on this with the uh, idea that you're a receiver for your thoughts. And if that's the case, then perhaps all of those, some of those thoughts that I didn't prefer, maybe I could adjust or ask them to tone down or change the station. So if you could think of yourself as a receiver, and we could think of this energetically, not hierarchically when we say low or high or anything like that, but let's say that you're on a low vibe station and it sucks. And as you go to change the station, you can picture the action of you physically turning the knob on a physical analog and old school radio to change the station to receive a different channel because you don't like you don't want to listen to Barbie Girl anymore, right? You move out of that station. As you do so, there's a little static and there's a little fuff, and you'll pick up a little bit of the other station, but you still are kind of mainly on this one. And as you phase over, like the phase of a moon going through all of its phases, and now you're back to full, but you're on a brand new channel. Those things no longer affect you. These are the friends that you no longer talk to. These are the energies that used to come at you. This is the people that you used to deal with in life that you're just like, where the hell did everybody go? They go because they're no longer an energetic match to you. You guys, they're back there listening to Barbie Girl and you're not. Uh, and so whenever you get sick of that station as well, you just keep moving up the dial. You learn what you want to in that arena and then you move up the dial. That dial has led me to that it's probably all you creating this shit anyway. If that's the case, then maybe the things around me that I don't like and I don't prefer, let's say, for instance, for a better sake, because I don't believe in evil. Um, I don't believe in good necessarily either. I believe they're subjective. I believe, it's, again, this place, everything about it has the meaning that you give to it. So let's say that I didn't care for the things that I didn't care. Well, then maybe that leads me back to that you're creating it. If I'm the UFO and it's psychosemantic, Jacques Vallée even kind of is on board with that idea, then maybe I'm also the source of all of the things being created out here. So I resolved to that all of that led me to, okay, well, then it's my thoughts that I should be paying attention to, not Instagram. Not, and I'm not a big uh, scroller anyway. Um, but it's not anything out there. I'm not looking for why this is happening for me. Like, uh, because I've known that it's not happening to you or I've felt that it's not happening to you. It's happening for you for a very long time now. So why is this happening for me, right? So what I did was I just went in and said, okay, well, maybe if I'm producing all of this through the way that I'm thinking, maybe then that's where I need to station a guard, let's say, a bouncer, and let's say that perhaps I institute some sort of new measures. Maybe it was a free-for-all in the Wild Wild West before. It was a club that was pretty unruly. The music was great, but it was just out of hand. It was like um, like Roadhouse, you know? And I'm Pat I installed a Patrick Swayze to come in there and, and get everything ship-shape. These metaphors. 
So uh, basically, my Patrick Swayze though was um, uh, Thought Ninja is what I called him. It's just something I came up with. He's awesome. Um, again, shirts on the way. Uh, and basically, his job is to not basically exactly. His job is to make sure that only these thoughts of energetic resonance are allowed in and are entertained. The ones that aren't are told, "Hey, you're just wearing the wrong shoes. Like it's no big deal. It's not go away forever." come at us with a different energy you know just uh, adjust something here energetically and come back the metaphoric versus shoes mm-hmm. with the club now it's populated by an incredible club i've got awesome shit going on in there uh people the message is out i get very few thoughts that i'm not a huge fan of but man and i've really snuffed uh spirals and that was what my goal was is as things started to spiral that's where i man that's where july happened and i will never do that again so he brings his katana out and cuts the thought that led me to the next thought that led me to the next thought. Really what it is, it's a chance to step back in observer mode and just look at someone that you've given the option of viewing them and handling them and engaging with these thoughts that come in uh, in a way that separates them out. Hey, just divide them and let me know. You know, just show me. And it will show you. And just like Ram Dass, you just watch them as leaves that float down a river. And, man, there were some big... Um, Cognitive adjustments that I made because of this, as a result of this. And I really was able to identify spirals. And I can honestly say this happened uh, two, two weeks ago. I came home and told my wife about it. One day. I had one day where there was only a handful of intrusive thoughts. They weren't bad and absolutely manageable. They presented themselves in a very meek way. So it wasn't overbearing and coming in like, here I am, motherfucker. This is all we're thinking about now, and you're going to come down this road with me. Nothing like that. I am way more powerful now up there. And that's the point. It's to fortify the thing that mm-hmm. is creating your reality. And that thought ninja facilitates that. As a side thing, he'll just kind of walk around up there at a downtime, you know, in between off hours or whatever, and just go, hey, uh, here's this belief I found laying around back here. Do you still subscribe to this? And I'll be like, no. Ugh. And he'll flip it up in the air with a kick and like cut it in the sword. It's kind of, oh, we all have a good time and it's amazing. And I no longer entertain that energetically running around up there. This is also how you can, again, back to the open tabs, cut your open tabs, you know, just cross things off of your list, things that are priorities, things that you worry about. And in Texas, we have a saying that don't go borrow in trouble, meaning don't sit there and entertain an idea of something that's never going to happen possibly or potentially because none of yep. that should ever happen, right? And so it's an energetic expression. It's it's you offering your energy, which at its deepest level, again, I think is all you get here. Like that's what creates your reality. Whatever you're focused on, it's just a big-ass algorithm around you. Whatever you're swiping on and spending the most time on is what the app called reality is going to present to you because that's what you want, obviously. It doesn't care if it's good or bad. It's it, it, it's in uh, indifferent when it comes to energetically what it presents to you. It only gives you what you want. So when you really start looking at this, that's when you do what you did. And that's when you start playing the what if in an amazing way game. Is that's when you get powerful. That's when you realize it. That's when you're like, this is a participatory universe. And God damn it, I'm here to play. And it's cool. And like you said, after your wake up, it's fascinating. Fascinating. It is. And the best, and not an analogy because it happened. I remember being in college and trying to climb this rock wall. And uh, trying to climb an indoor rock wall when you don't have two fully functioning hands is really hard. What? <laughs> and I remember calling my mom and crying and venting and she was basically like that sucks and I hear you um, but I have a meeting to go to what do you want me to do about it and she wasn't trying to be mean and I recognize some people they'd be like oh that's really crass I'm like but she wasn't going to climb the wall for me and I realized that and I was like well 
nothing. She's like, okay, so let me know if you go climb the wall. And that was kind of it. And I was like, well, shit, I, it, it is up to me and I'm the only one that's going to do it. So, yeah. and sure shit, I climbed that rock wall because God damn it, I was going to do it. So, but, but that's kind of what my whole life has been. Yeah. And it was in the beginning, it was, I had to prove people wrong. And now it's just a expansive what if in a good way. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, and a, you, you, it's a new dawn, you know, it just colors everything differently. When you started talking about, you know, your higher self and things like that, I had this image that flashed in my head and I wanted to tell it to you. Please. You know what a marionette is, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So what if our higher self is, let's say us right now, how we look. And then us in this meat suit is this marionette. And then we're a marionette of a marionette. And so kind of like that doll, but we're able to control the marionette and the higher self, the movement of the first marionette controls the second marionette controls the third. So it can have this trickle down. Am I making any sense at all? You're making, you're making so much sense. And it's actually, I've, uh, I've talked about this and this is a concept, but I've never heard it explained this way. Now, this is a much better much better way to explain it so as you're the flash you got this is your higher self talking so i, I love this which is just us at the level i love this our higher, higher self is kicking ass manifesting you right now the the idea of it being tethered together is very interesting because yes if you if you think about have you seen those uh people in stadiums like soccer stadiums and stuff and they'll stack all their cups and then they give it to the aisle above them and everybody's dependent on each cup in this stack but one small little move, and it makes a dramatic change on the other yeah. side. And you can view this down to where the kinetic energy of this one goes, okay, I've got to move this, which moves seven of me down, and then it'll flick that one at the bottom, and then it'll get that job promotion that it needs. You know what I mean? It's crazy when you think of how it's tethered. Now, I'm not necessarily... I don't necessarily think that it uh, controls, but I do think that it receives information in um, that way. You know, influence, what I'm influence, yeah, influence. Let's say that I, I like influence because it can't control, right? You know, you can't um, mess with the independent digits or anything like that on a marionette if you're operating it. You only right. have control of something that's not any of those things. This X thing that then has all the dangling strings below it, and a manipulation of something makes the, you know. I guess avatar do something completely different, but that one has one in its hand and that one has one in its hand. And so transferring it down and then you've got the motives of each, you know, to kind of think about as well. You, it's like an awesome energetic game of telephone with yourself, you know, cause your higher self is like, okay, you've really got to ascend. And your lower self is like, ah, how do I say that to the other one? Okay. Here's, you need to do better in this area. And then the other one's like, okay, um, you don't drink anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like this reductive, you know, entropy, perhaps but that occurs that, in clarity. But that right there, and this is going to sound egotistical, but it's not meant to be, is exactly why I said I needed to go on peyote to be able to translate up here to get down here. 
And that's what it'll do. It'll, it'll kind of jump you up to the top one, or at least a higher-up version, so that you can get a better glimpse of what's going on. I complete, And that's why I asked the question, do you feel that it's an energetic one? Did they, did they need you to be at that level? Because that's the idea, right? They're at such a level, and we're talking these marionettes here, which is just you at a level. But right. you need to raise your vibration so high, and they dip theirs down low. So for them, it's really taxing. And this is the place that we meet, is yes. when I'm high and they're quote-unquote low, and that's how I'm able to translate or transmute this message to a more common person and it's not to say that i'm more intelligent it's just i have different i have different skill set than some people and so i want to use that skill set to translate it to people so they can implement it in their lives in the best way possible you know, what you're doing is running up the mountain and yelling back at us what you see over the top. You know, that's what it is. You're energetically raising yourself to a vantage point where you have the clearest vision and you're able to communicate it at a higher level. And so then you can come back down and be like, guys, there's this amazing thing. I'm at the coolest little chipmunk. And then you can tell us all of everything that happens and that's relevant. And that's going to want to bring more people up to the top of the mountain to see the view for themselves. And so, yeah, what you're doing is incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible because this is the thing. You, you're the conduit. You're coming up to a higher, uh, a closer, closer to the source. You know what I mean? You're getting your water from further up the mountain. It's a, it's a cleaner source. I get it. I love it. And then you're coming back here, and psychedelics will definitely facilitate that t- for you. Now, I mean, just based, again, on your mental fortitude alone, but also on your motivations, I would say that psychedelics are uh, really going to offer you some remarkably incredible perspectives that I really think that you're at the level to integrate in a in a truly incredible way. I, I really do. I, I think that's cool. And I can't wait to do mushrooms with you. So if, even if it's not the first time, eventually we will all probably, or at least me and you, while our spouses laugh at us, you know, and keep us from dying, uh, then we'll we'll do that. That'll be fun. Yes. It, we will do mushrooms <laughs> at some point, somehow, this our reality, another style. reality. Future selves. future selves are laughing our asses off right now, you know, talking about this. We've pulled it up uh, on <laughs> my phone. We're laughing our asses off right now. Yeah, tripping. Uh, that's fun to think about. Yeah. So um, Thought Ninja, guys, you know, monitor them thoughts. Just take a look. Uh, the biggest uh, uh, part to add to this, of course, would be without judgment. That, that's got to be kind of where you go with this because you start judging it is where the spiral amplifies. And that's not good because I've been yeah. there too. Uh, just came off of one of the a gnarly one of those. So, and it's again not like I got to figure it out. You're you just catching me on a damn good day right now, you know, uh, to where it's not as it's so heavy. But it's um it's been a it's been a ride, dude. Um, and it's not for everybody. Just like psychedelics, it's not for everybody. But you know, you you get it. You absolutely get it. And I I think that's awesome. This has been an amazing conversation, and I am so happy right now. Same Z's. <laughs> can you please tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, all your links, and I'll put them in the show notes. But yeah, just a link, and thank I can't thank you enough. This has been so remarkable. I love this. This has been so great. You just like revitalized me. You know, um, uh, just because I knew about you and I've heard you, but I, you know, meeting you and getting to share energy with you like this has just been so incredible. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart, honestly. Thank you. Uh, we have many more conversations to look forward to. So it's just the beginning. Uh, so one link. That's it, guys. ExpandingRealityPodcast.com. That's going to link to everything else. So it's the central hub for everything. Uh, we have the expansive, in- expansive insider thing that goes on over there, and that's where all the bonus stuff is going on, and it's crazy interesting. That's all the extra stuff. 
Uh, and we uh, have some big changes coming up that I'm not ready to discuss uh, publicly yet, but if you want to cut the recording, I'll tell you after. I trust you. And, um, yeah, so everything's uh, kicking off. It's an amazing, amazing show. It just keeps getting more insanely incredible. And, uh, yeah, so that's at expandingrealitypodcast.com. And thank you again just for everything. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for coming on. I'm so excited. And thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful night. I wanted to thank you for listening to another episode of Speed Bumps. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you're listening on Spotify, I would really appreciate if you clicked that five-star button. And if you're on Apple, you can click the five-star button and leave a written review if you're so inclined. If you're interested in coming on my show, you can reach out to me at speed.bumps.com podcast on Instagram.